Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today, a repeat guest on the show, the founder of Wakeman Consulting Group, Dave Wakeman. Dave, super excited to have you back. Hey, I'm always happy to be here. I mean, this is like so much fun. <laughs> we have a blast. And today's topic, welcome back, Tiger Woods. And the way that we're going to do this is we're going to talk about the good and bad about this from the perspective of golf and the PGA Tour. So the obvious good at the PGA Championship, Tiger Woods was in contention, shot a final round 64, and had everybody in attendance and watching going crazy. He ended up finishing second. It felt like Tiger Woods was back. And to put this into perspective on my end, it was 80 degrees and sunny in Chicago, and I was inside watching Tiger Woods. This is what golf needed, Dave. What are your thoughts? As I told you when we were preparing for this thing, I don't pay attention to golf pretty much at all. And yet, when Tiger Woods is playing well, I pay attention. So I think that from a marketing standpoint, having Tiger Woods be great is great for the game of golf. And there's probably two reasons for that. Number one is because Tiger Woods is a compelling story. But then number two is because they haven't done a very good job of developing an audience around other golfers so that there's nobody else to carry the torch once Tiger goes on. Well, yeah, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, certainly, we love, we love comeback stories. We love greatness. And also, be careful what you say about great ones because it can come back to bite you in the ass because how many people out there left Tiger for dead? And now, with the way that social media is unfortunately bringing back up old, old takes exposed of everybody and – God forbid, this is just old Tiger Wood takes. Um, it felt great. It was exciting. And it was, it was something that we as Tiger Woods fans hoped we would get one more time in our Tiger rooting life. And we didn't know if we would, do, we would get it. And we all wanted to believe so badly. And then it finally happened. And granted, he didn't win, but – the storyline was incredible. Well, let me ask you this too. It's almost better that he didn't win because you're all like you're, it still leaves like a certain amount of promise that he's still got like has a run in, in him that he can still be a champion because if he had just won, then you would be like, well, shoot, is that going to be it? But like now he finished second, he made a huge run. And then, so you can still have the story, which I wow. think is why Tiger Woods is such a great marketing asset for golf because it's a compelling story, the ups and downs, the injuries, the personal dramas. It's a, it's a story, and that's, like, really what he encapsulates, and that's what you need to drive attention is a story. So we'll get to the bad. Tiger Woods, <laughs> Tiger Woods is so great that the only thing casual fans care about is Tiger Woods winning majors. But guess what? The next major – isn't until next April, the Masters. Do you think I give a crap if Tiger Woods plays the John Deere Classic? No. 
So let's, let's throw this back to you, Dave, casual Tiger Woods fan. Are you going to care about Tiger Woods? And I don't even know if the John Deere Classic has already happened or whatever. It's just an example. Do you care about Tiger in the non-majors? Because I don't. That's a good question. I, um, I imagine that – so maybe not that people aren't going to care to the level that they would for a, a, for a major. I think what you might see or you, what you, you can hope to see is that if Tiger Woods is playing well, that it will elevate the entire viewership and experience of watching golf. Maybe even if it doesn't hit the peak that it will at a major. So I think there will be, you know, there's plenty of people who like you or like me who couldn't care less, but I think on the whole, there will be people who maybe have a uh, inclination towards watching golf who will be more attracted just because Tiger Woods maybe is playing better right now. Well, yeah, I completely agree. So let's get to the next good Tiger Woods finished second behind Brooks Kepka. Kepka, who is 28 years old, has won three majors in the last 14 months, which puts him in rarefied air as he's only one of five golfers ever to win the U.S. Open and the PGA in the same season. This should be major news headlines, right? You would think so. And I'll tell you, if I'm being completely honest with your audience, which why wouldn't I be? When you said that name, that was the first time I heard his name. Well, which is great because let's get to the bad. No one cares about golf other than Tiger, which is a major issue for the sport because Brooks Kepka isn't getting the buzz that Rory McIlroy or even Jordan Spieth would. Right. Everything yeah. right now is about Tiger, but this is Tiger's not going to be there forever. And this is something even a year ago when, when Brian Cristiano and I were talking about this is, Golf has a major problem on their hands that let's say Tiger says, you know what? I'm going to sit out a few tournaments because I need to make sure that I'm healthy focuses on the things that he needs to. We're going to go back to, do we really care? And I'll even use this from personal experience. When Tiger Woods finished 18 and I knew he wasn't going to win, I wanted to turn the TV off immediately. Like there was only two holes remaining, Adam Scott and Brooks Kepka. And I said to myself, I don't care who wins this because it's not Tiger Woods. And that is a major issue for a sport because could you ever imagine uh, a Final Four game or a playoff game in any sport where you're like, you know what, there's two minutes left and it's a tie game or a one-run game. You know what, I think I'm good. <laughs> you know, I can't, but, but I can because it reminds me the, the the problem and the issue with golf and Tiger Woods, it reminds me very much of the the challenge that the NBA faced when Michael Jordan retired the second time, not the third time, the second time, and there was like not a lot of there was nobody to fill the gap, right? And so the NBA, you know, maybe the attention to the NBA didn't fall off as much, but it fell off significantly, and pe because people just were attached to Michael Jordan, they weren't attached to the game of basketball. And I think that goes back to the, the idea of storytelling, right? Because if your only hope is that you have a generational talent that's on display, and the same thing could be said now for LeBron with LeBron James, right? Because do Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and some of these other big names carry the same weight with people that LeBron James might? I don't know if that's certain. So what happens if LeBron James, like something, he gets hurt or goes away? The same challenge could exist. So 
I think it's an issue, you know, what, that's an issue that they have to address, which is like, how do we build the sport up so that when we do have a generational superstar talent or someone who's super compelling, they're in addition to, not because of the draw. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now throw something else on there. Golf is long long on TV. Like it takes hours upon hours. Yes. And golf is synonymous with naps. Like yeah. it, it, it just is. So it's, it's if true. We're, if we're gonna say how do we build this sport up, they have a gameplay issue because it was once again, it was 80 degrees and sunny in Chicago yesterday, and I felt guilty for being inside as I'm staring outside watching people walk past me on the street on this gorgeous day. It's, it's a challenge when the level of fandom isn't die hard to the level that we see with other sports. And maybe one of the challenges is there's no team sport with this where it's not like, Oh, I'm rooting for team tiger woods, which has tiger and Rory or a bunch of these different things. Yeah, I think that the part of the problem too with this is, and this, I think it's a, a, a problem that's consistent across all the sports, is that people don't have the chance to experience the sport either. So the gameplay on TV is long. So that's an issue. That's a challenge, right? And if you don't have a connection to the sport through participating in it, I think that just sort of uh, increases the likelihood of that challenge. So I think maybe one of, one of the issues that they really could do is – uh, you know, find ways to encourage people to engage and become a part of the sport in a way that they, it does increase their interest, right? It's, you know, baseball would have a much better opportunity because of people, you know, women and men play softball, right? And if they can tie, tie that together, that has a, a chance to create awareness, right? Golf with those, you know, par threes and those executive courses were great or the driving ranges and the top golf, right? I mean, you got to take advantage of some of these things because it's, to me at least, tough to see ways to get people always to buy into paying attention to your sport or your event or whatever if they don't have a, a connection outside of like well this is just on tv because that's a very fickle you know way to drive attention so what does have me interested is with the uh legalization of sports betting and the rollout across the united states we have this tiger versus phil matchup that's going to come around Thanksgiving for $10 million. And you can guarantee everybody's going to certainly be captivated to that. So this past weekend, I was talking to some friends about this and I was like, well, why wouldn't they do this with more other players? Hypothetically speaking, get rid of the PGA tour. What if it was instead today? It's Jordan, Jordan Smith versus Rory McIlroy for 5 million sponsored by Quicken loans and really make it a micro thing where you can say, all right, we understand that there's only two players who we understand are the best because at the end of the day, it's about storyline and attention. And we see too often uh, the best of the best, even if Dustin Johnson wins one every four majors, 75% of the time he's not there. However, if it's Dustin Johnson versus whatever, uh, Justin Thomas, not that anybody knows Justin Thomas really, it's a little bit more captivating when we can see uh, the storyline, especially with real money. If we say each hole is worth $100,000, like we can relate to that now 
Now there's drama on every hole, not this really elongated what's going to happen and who are these guys. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's like a really good idea. And it's funny that you brought up the betting thing because I was talking to some friends in England this morning about this thing because they had no idea that we didn't have the same sort of betting that they do. And things like what you're describing would play very well with the kind of betting that companies like Paddy Power do in the U- UK, or especially around the premiership, right? And Premier League soccer. So, I mean, you want to talk about intrigue, right? Each hole is worth a hundred thousand dollars. If you win the front nine, then you get a bonus, you know, like maybe you win a million dollars, right? For winning the back, the front nine, then the back nine would be another million dollar bonus. And then if you win the whole thing, that's another million or million and a half. And obviously if it's like a compelling story, again, sports and compelling stories should go hand in hand. There's going to be plenty of sponsors to sign up. I mean, I'm sure that like Nike and Under Armour and all of these companies that are heavily, you know, either heavily or want to be heavily into golf or are looking for a new sport to get behind. Um, all of these companies, like you said, like Quicken, most any of them, they would, that's the kind of compelling content and like value added sponsorship and activation that they could probably gain tremendous value off of because it's really, um, it's much more specific, right? It's much more, um, you, the likelihood is greater that you will be able to identify your market and appeal to a certain market and compel that market to engage with you in a meaningful way um you know so it checks a lot of boxes that you know just kind of blanket sponsorships might not necessarily do a very good job of yeah and why have we not seen innovation and gameplay in golf like hypothetically speaking you're telling me people wouldn't watch a long drive championship between the top 20 golfers like you, you met, I would you probably met, be much more likely to watch that. I mean, that would be of course. That would be awesome. So everybody wants to do right. I, I want to go to the thing and hit the shit out of the ball. Of course. So let's do this across the board. So you can do that with putting. You can do it with accuracy. You can do things out of the sand and make it micro and digestible instead of this five-hour, four-day. Haven't heard of the majority of these players field like we currently have now. It just it's just tone deaf to the way that we live in this current digital and social society. Right. And, and you'll get the purists coming out at you. Right. And, and to me, the question is, and I believe this comes out of um, improv, right? It's like, so the answer is not cha- golf, you know, golf has to be the way it is now, or it's nothing. It's like, why can't you have golf the way it is now? And you have other ways of, a, of taking the game and making interesting for people who might not have the desire or the want to watch a whole, you know, four day tournament that is 18 holes every day that it takes a player three or four hours to complete a round, you know? So like, instead of making it, it's one or the other, you know, why can't you do more? Right. Because I think some of these micro, those bite-sized things, again, I'm not a, a golf fan. They would be more compelling to me. Amen to that. I agree 100%. And I loved your analogy right there. The yes and principle is foundational to the way in which I operate as a person and run a business because it's always building, building, building on top. So Dave, where can everybody connect with you? I've got probably a lot to list these days. So you can find my website. That's DaveWakeman.com. That's I blog pretty much every day there. Um, I encourage everybody to follow me on Twitter. That's at David Wakeman. 
But maybe most importantly, I also host a podcast that um, is based around selling and marketing uh, experiences, so sports, theater, concerts, called The Business of Fun. You can get that where you get all your favorite podcasts. You know, listen to me after you listen to Rob. (laughs) (laughs) And you can check out the episode that I was on of Dave's podcast, which was a ton of fun. And as always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. What were your thoughts about Tiger Woods? Were you absolutely captivated about it? What would you do to improve golf and make it more digestible to the casual fan? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. And if you'd like to get some content creation tips to help you on your journey, go to BaconSports.com and sign up for my newsletter. And boom goes the dynamite.